0: Matt, when you stare into madness, do you know what stares back? Yes, a frog with a rusty ukulele and 20 America Online CDs. Tonight, we dive headfirst into limbo and talk about the agents of ultimate chaos, the S.L.O.D. That's 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 how we roll. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's how we roll how we roll, That's how, we roll. That's how we roll welcome to the goblins corner my name is eric and i'm um, Matt. and tonight we're discussing slod yes the agents of ultimate chaos your lovable frog like behemoth with a mallet and a party hat just waiting to be friends with you and tear your skin from your bones and one of your favorite creatures can you tell <laughs> so tonight we're going to give you some lore and we're going to Go into a little bit of story options, how to run Slot or Slotties, plural, in your campaign. But before we get to all of that, if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. Help our show get out to more people and get notified when more amazing episodes come your way. And hey, if you're listening to the show, give
1: us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. The Slot would enjoy it. It would feed the hungry algorithm. It's true. Just five stars and a croak. Yes.
0: You know what? I will take croaks for reviews. That would be delightful. Well, especially for this episode, it'd be hilarious. 100%. So before we get to the slod part, it should be noted that in general, when we do an episode for the Goblin's Corner, particularly for creatures, and if you haven't seen any, a good example would be bullywogs and Lizardmen, mm-hmm. we usually pair them up, right? Yes. Here's one of one. Here's one of the other. And tonight we were going to do Modrin and Slod. We were. And then we came to our senses. Yes, because there is way, way more than we thought going on with both of those types of creatures. And in fact, guess what? Spoiler alert, we're doing Mojins next week. So, yeah. So look forward to that. It's going to be delightful. And so tonight we decided that we would maybe spend a little time on our lovable frog monsters and talk about the Slod. So first off, what's up with the Slod, Matt? They're chaos monsters with a whimsical bin.
1: It's literally written in the original uh, creature description
0: that they have a humorous side. Yes, which I find delightful, because there needs to be more whimsical monsters in D&D. Agreed. They are great protagonists or antagonists, or both. Yeah, (laughs) in the same creature. Yes. They're also... Varied, right?
1: There's several different types, and if there's not a flavor that particularly suits your purpose, you
0: just make a new one in a different shade. Yeah. You can literally just come up with something on the fly, call it a slot. Yep. And finally, I love them. Yes. I love them very much. <laughs> if if I were to choose one monster out of d d that I could it, use constantly, it would be slot. In fact, you have one in your home game. I do, in fact. Yes. So let's kind of learn a little bit more about Slot or Slotty, which is the plural, as we mentioned before. Right. Matt, uh, what are we talking about when we talk about Slotty? Well, first off, when
1: we're talking about anything regarding Slot, assume we're generalizing because they are literally chaos personified. They believe in 100%
0: individuality. Yes. And so everything we're talking about tonight, consider it as a generalization. You have to. First off, because they've been around since like the Fiend Folio. And secondly, because they are way varied in all of the different splat books, in the stories. Oh, yeah. And there are different flavors that have made it
1: from one edition but not to other editions. And just, you know, have fun with it. Yeah. Run the
0: marmalade it. flavor is delightful. <laughs> so let's get a definition of slod. Okay. Matt, what's, what, what is a slod?
1: Slod are frog like natives of limbo. They were created from the primordial soup that makes up that delightful realm, right?
0: Because anything can happen there. Yes. In general, Slod look like large bipedal frogs Mm -hmm. or toads, depending upon how they're described. And they usually have like long claws. They've got big, wide, fat frog-like mouth with razor-sharp teeth. Like the Pac-Man frog. Yeah, like Pac-Man frogs. And then they also have... Bulbous, big old heads. Yeah. They could be skinny. They could be fat. But they're always going
1: to have a big old head. They're always going to have a big ass head. <laughs> Most look similar enough to each other to be recognized as slod, but that's about it. Yeah. the The spawning stone,
0: which is what creates them all, loves variety. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about the spawning stone in a minute. All of them are varied somewhat in height, weight, scales, horns, internal organs, and so forth. Now, they can be minor variations, or they can be some major-ass variations. Sure. And so when we say frog-like, again, it's a general term. If you want them to look like lizard people, totally doable, right? Sure. And just take a look at
1: the varied breadth of frogs in the real world. They're
0: widely different creatures. You could have them look like gripply. You could have them look like bullywogs, You could have them look like toads. Mr. Toad could be totally a slod. Absolutely.
1: And should. It's like uh, you could have... A slud masquerading as a devil toad?
0: Yes. I would I would enjoy that. He's playing, He's got an ACDC t-shirt on.
1: Sure. Just a big old
0: uh, electric guitar sitting across his back. Uh-huh, and a Budweiser. He's holding a Budweiser, and he's just ready to rock. Sure. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Yeah, so, you know, DMs, feel free to use whatever, right? Like, mix it up a bit. These are just general stats and general descriptions. Uh, in addition to that, they can also shape change. Sure. So go crazy. Now, we've got a couple of examples, and these are just from the books. Uh, some of these include what, Matt? Well, they could have four arms yeah. or a
1: single arm sticking directly out of the front of the chest. But why Why go with chest? Why not just flopping around out of the top of the forehead?
0: Yeah. I mean, they could be anything, really. <laughs> so you could play around with the limbs. Another example, some of them have tendrils for their arms. Just kind of mm-hmm. waving around, right? Yep. Boils for skin. Yeah. They could be in alternate types of transportation, so they might fly or have wings or fish. Yes, fish scales. Yeah. Anything, really. They could teleport in. True. They can also be giant sized. And they should be. Seriously. You need a fifty foot slot. Attack of the fifty foot slot straight out of the fifties. With a bikini and everything. That would be great, right? Sure. Now
1: all slod do have a gem in their forehead that is the same ish colors as their skin.
0: Yeah. So red slod have red gems, blue slod have blue gems. Now, what do
1: these gems do? Well, they've all got symbols and markings. Uh, these hold the history of the slod, from its kills to its relatively strength. It's basically, if you want to be like meta about it, it's their eepstone.
0: Yeah, or their phylactery in many cases. Yeah. Like it basically tells what is about. And some books say if you like extracted it from the slot, which by the way, you have to reach in because it's literally tied to their brain. Right. You have to rip it out of their head or teleport it out if you have that magic. Then you could theoretically control the slot, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But you got to be careful.
1: <laughs> you got to be real careful what you ask a chaos being
0: for. Yeah, because you never know what you're going to get with that, right?
1: Bring me an ice cream sundae. Okay. It disappears. And then on Sunday, you're
0: crushed by a mountain of ice cream. It could happen. (laughs) You can also force to destroy it, and you're allowed three requests, quote unquote. I love that it's not three wishes. No. It's requests. Yes. (laughs) Now, in addition to that, Slot obviously don't like being controlled because they represent individuality and chaos. Right. So if you're going to do that, they will come after your ass when the deeds are done. You know how my brain works, right? So what if you steal the
1: gym? Ask for your couple of ask two requests, and the third quest is the third request is always do whatever it is you want to do as long as it's not harming me or my friends.
0: They may or may not respect that bargain. <laughs> That's the thing about a chaos beast. Sure. Slod, as you might expect, are completely devoted to chaos and Sometimes humor. Sometimes humor, right? Yeah. Again, whimsical creations, right? They come in many different colors. Yeah. You got your, what, red, mm-hmm. blue, green, gray. And death. Because death is a color. Absolutely. In terms of slot. And there's other colors, too, and we'll talk about those in a minute. Some of the books, for example, had mud slot, which I guess the color of mud is brown. Sure. They had gourmet, gourmeal. Yeah. Those are the, what, the lawful neutral slot, Yeah. Scary, right? Black slot and white slot, and then you mentioned gold slot as well. Yes. Those are very specific. And finally...
1: They all had various powers based off of their colors and how long they had
0: been around. And that's, again, subject to change. Sure. And if you want different colors in your slot, don't worry about that. We'll teach you how to make some new and improved slot in a minute. Sure. I can't wait. (laughs) Let's get a little bit of lore about the slot, because you may not know where they came from.
1: Well, firstly... They were introduced in the Fiend Folio in 1981 by Charles Strauss.
0: Yes. Now, I love the story about how Charles came up with them. <laughs> Apparently, he had a fever when he was trying to come up with a monster. He was sick, he was feverish, and, and this was. They're when...
1: literally a delirium
0: creature. Yes. <laughs> how delightful. And, and why not? Uh,
1: sometimes they were depicted as like Lovecraftian, which means that they should be like. Throwing around the word squamish as much as possible.
0: But he hadn't read any Lovecraft when he came up with them. Right. That it was afterwards he heard yeah. about Lovecraft and he's like, oh, what a happy coincidence. He was just on that vibe, man. Yeah, he was He was channeling, I guess- uh, <laughs> The cosmic insanity? Either that or cough medicine. Sure. Some books claim they're the chaotic neutral equivalent of demons or angels or whatnot, which makes sense because they are the representations of chaos, much like the Modrons are representations of law. Sure.
1: I feel like uh, because they don't have the the moral side equivalent, maybe a little less so.
0: But what's interesting is in a lot of like the D&D lore, the first battle was between the Queen of Chaos and Primus. Right. And so, because it wasn't, this is before the Blood War apparently. And so you had this epic battle between law and chaos and the good and evil didn't factor into that shit at this point, right? They were, they were upstarts. <laughs> They're just a twinkle in the eye before order and chaos. And so I like that idea that they are kind of like these epic manifestations of just ridiculous chaos. Some state that they existed before the ordered universe or maybe even came out of the abyss. Which is an interesting take as well. Mm-hmm. Which would mean that they basically are before the universe, right? Right. They could be far realm creatures. Think about that. Makes a lot of sense now if you think about it, especially with like a Lovecraftian style game. Sure. They could totally do that. In your universe, you could have that. Some games, particularly Faerun, state that they were a part of a creator race called the Batraki, which I guess were frog people. Right. Uh, Which is kind of interesting. I think that's a fun take as well, that they were like a progenitor race and then they moved to Limbo. Sure. And that's something Faerun does is,
1: right, there's the the Saruk, which are the reptiloid mm-hmm. progenitor race and that sort of thing. So I can see how that's how they'd tie that in. Uh, another creation myth of theirs, which I love, is
0: that Primus aided in their creation. Yes. And this all comes down to the spawning stone. Matt, let's talk a little bit about what the spawning stone is. Okay. Or at least what, the, what most of the books agree upon. Okay. Least. It is a mystical stone in the... Center, yeah, quote unquote, because there's no center to chaos of limbo, which at random times spawns slod. Yeah, and this could be completely new slod or existing slod or something completely different. Sure, named slod, which usually means some kind of epic level being. Yep, there are like six
1: slod lords that are actually named throughout the different editions. I mean, in
0: Regular games, yeah. <laughs> My games, there might be more than that. They're infinite slot lords. Limbo is an infinite plane. Yeah. Now, in addition to just randomly spawning slot, slot also feel a call to go to the spawning stone and breed. Right. Now, how they breed is a bit messy, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. But just, just remember, they go there to the breed in their various ways.
1: Sure. Some say Primus tossed a shard of pure order into limbo in an attempt to control the plane, and basically it was corrupted by all of the chaos, and
0: that's how the spawning stone was created. Which I love. Yeah. That's a great explanation for that. So Primus has some exterior motivation, gets some pure order, tosses that in there, turns into a spawning stone, the slaughter created, which explains why they're all kind of alike. Yeah. That's the only order that exists, is that they're somewhat vaguely similar. Yes. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Now, the best explanation for how the slot came about is the multiversal theory, in which case all of the explanations for the slot are true. Sure. Because they all exist at the same time on some level of of a multiverse. So some parallel prime world or parallel multiverse world, they all exist. And since chaos and limbo, no matter if you're in universe one or universe two, I say multiverse one or multiverse two, it's still limbo. There's no reason why it can't be the same Limbo, even if there's an entirely different multiverse for two different games. Absolutely. So all of the stories are true, and none of them. Party hats. Indeed. This is great. That just makes me think
1: there's a creation theory where a party hat fell down a hole, and the hole went to the Underdark, which went into a portal, and the bright colors of the party hat, as it fell into the plane of darkness created a plane of chaos just out of all of the the brightness that uh entered the plane of dark
0: and out popped a slot that said the aristocrats the end right Ooh, don't look that up yeah don't look that joke up it's pretty or nasty. if you're old enough look it up bob saget <laughs> is hilarious in that let's talk about reproduction in a slot speaking of bob saget and yeah. the <laughs>
1: aristocrats joke all right you like that That's segue? An
0: amazing segue thank you thank you i try so, their reproduction was really interesting because the different colors reproduced differently. differently. Yeah. Now, there's only two that were known to reproduce, the red and the blue slot. Matt, how do red slot produce? They stab you in the belly with their claws. Yeah. And when they stab you, they inject an egg. Right. And then?
1: That egg pops out and uh, kind of like
0: aliens. Uh-huh. Bursts from your chest. And it creates a blue slot. Yes. Hello, my baby, my ragtime gal. Now, sometimes, uh, depending upon the books, it doesn't just burst from your chest. Sometimes it bursts from your head, which is always fun. Sure. Sometimes it just eats the whole body and you know peels the skin off, and there's a blue slot underneath. <laughs> a little men in black action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so DMs feel free to make it as horrific or deadly as
1: possible. Yes. I also like the idea. Now, this is this is a little bit both silly and awful. It actually pops out as a tiny slot, Mm -hmm. and it just rips your big toenail off and climbs out of it like a hatch. Oh,
0: Jesus. And slams it behind it and goes popping off. Just just explode my head instead. That sounds awful. So that's how red slot make blue slot. Right. Sticking you in, in the belly with some eggs. Now, blue slot. They make red slot more like lycanthropy. Yeah. So they bite you. And you get a disease. And you turn and into a wear slot. You turn into a, yeah, you turn into a red slot, right? Yep. Which is hilarious. Again, it doesn't have to always work like that. Sometimes it turns into like this mummy rot, and whatever's left is a red slot. I just said it
1: kind of as a joke, but I do like the concept that occasionally maybe you actually just turn into
0: a wear slot. A wear slot? Howling yeah. at the moon? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Howl at the sun instead. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. You highlight every Chuck E. Cheese that you pass by. The color yellow. Whatever. color yellow. Yeah. Now, funny thing happens with red and blue slot. If you're a Mm spellcaster, then you make a green slot. Right, because red and blue make green. Sure. Now, the gray and the death slot are both created via a ritual. Yeah, magical rituals from the green slot. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to their stats. In addition, as we mentioned... There's the spawning stone. Sure. So, they are compelled to go there and breed, which yes. means they're stabbing each other or biting each other, and other slots are bursting forth. Or they're dragging
1: hostages and kidnappees to the spawning stone.
0: Yes. Also, when red and blue slod breed, they immediately seek out more powerful creatures because it makes more powerful slod. Sure. So they actually will sometimes do a favor to people because they'll actually go after like Tanari or Beata Zoo. Sure. Because devil or a demon, hey, this is a powerful creature. I'm going to inject it with some eggs. You imagine all of a sudden that lawful balor is, he's just like, he starts twitching a little bit <laughs> and then he, he just, he starts, he, he starts singing Jamiroquai, virtual insanity and explodes and there's a blue slud. Now it's a horny toad though. It's got like the horns. And- hey, he has got sunglasses. Yeah. Oh Yeah. He's got a long beard, like, like from ZZ Top.
1: Yeah. Snaps his fingers, out pops a purple Lamborghini that he climbs in and drives mm-hmm. off.
0: And goes off to limbo. How delightful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about some stats and what the slod can do, Matt. Well, shockingly, the stats
1: vary. There are some common ones. Yeah. So the
0: blue and red slot are tanky. Yeah, they're melee monsters. Right. So red ones are uh, the quote-unquote weakest, but, I mean, they're nasty. They're weighed in, slash you open. Every time they slash you, you're getting injected with some eggs. Yep. tell you. Make that save, buddy. Yeah, and then the blue ones are even more nasty. They're actually bigger. I think they're like 10 feet tall. Yeah. And they get more attacks. Some of them have extra arms to do more attacks. And, of course, if they bite you, you're getting diseased. Right. And then you turn into a wear slot and howl at the sun. Indeed. <laughs> what a great idea. I love that. <laughs> what else do they get? They they all have regeneration of some sort. Which is which is bad for the players. Right. Uh spell like abilities. Mm hmm. Many of them, by the way, have immunities as well, depending upon the splat books. Right. So some of them one of them I thought was really interesting is they have positive and negative immunities. Sure. You got to be able to roam the plains is the thing. That's a good point. Uh, So yeah, DMs in terms of like whether they have resistances or immunities, run the gauntlet, right? Sure. Roll a die. Roll a die. Yeah. Let chance decide what they're immune to. That's fun. All of them have advanced control over the chaos matter of limbo, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So when you're in limbo, your thoughts can form objects, buildings, the Ghisarai, for example create big temples they do it out of will not out of just raw ability though. yeah but <laughs> slotty can just do it do it all day every day you'd be walking up and all of a sudden there's a mcdonald's there and out pops 15 cockroaches <laughs> doing a little dance
1: are they doing la cucaracha
0: i think they could do anything really
1: But that would be hilarious they all have telepathy and speak the language slot
0: right whatever that happens to be
1: I like to think that the slot language is literally all of the languages put together.
0: It's just like pigeon everything. Like the Tower of Babel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just every language in the multiverse. Yep. That's that's kind of cool. I like that. DMs, feel free to make each encounter with a slot different. And in fact, we'll get into like when we talk about like upgrading them and stuff. That's definitely something we would stress. Like, don't feel the need to be like, oh, it's a blue slot. It has these stats. This is what it does. Claw, claw, claw bite. Claw, 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 claw bite. Make it do different things. You yeah. know, give them weapons and stuff like that. You know, you should make random. We should make a random chart, actually, a, a slot chart. That'd be fun. It'd be really big. Yeah. Roll a d ten thousand. Yeah. It'd be like the Net Libram of Wild Magic. Like the the old Spell jam, Jammer Ultimate Helm chart. Sure. So some very general themes regarding the colored slot are are this. First off, we mentioned. Red and blue are tanks, mm-hmm. blue being more badass than the reds. Right. So you give them like multi-attack. Some books have rending, I think. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it in terms of like physicality. Red get a stun, like a stunning croak. Yep. Yeah. Blue get
1: hold person, pass wall, telekinesis, and sometimes a rotting disease. Which is fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say make that disease random. Mm, Maybe you yeah. start- turning into polka dots like polka dot man yeah that'd be kind of cool green are spell right. They're usually smaller and it makes sense because if you have some sort of spell casting ability and you get bit by a red or a blue you turn into green right right uh their spell list changes according to the version but all of them get some sort of detect magic fireball and so forth they also all get some form of shape change yes most of those are intelligent as well. Unusually intelligent is how the book describes them. Sure. So red and blue, they're mostly melee monsters. They're not necessarily the brightest bulbs in the pack. Yeah. That
1: doesn't necessarily mean they're stupid. No. They're just not wizard level
0: IQ. Correct. However, green? Green are. Yeah. Because they're that's what they level, come right? from. Yeah. Fun fact, in some books, if you kill a green slot 24 hours later, it comes back as a blue slot. Sure. Can you imagine the party? They're sitting around. The paladin is just driven insane by the chaos of Limbo. And so he's he's resting in the Leomund's tiny hut.
1: Yeah. Just drinking.
0: Just drinking hard, right? <laughs> he's already been colored a shade of paisley that just drove him insane. The rest of the party has gathered around a green slot. They've defeated the green slot after it chucked a few paisley fireballs at him. Right. And they're coming through the goods and they set out to have a long rest. They wake up in the middle of the night. And it's a blue slot there sitting next to them drinking a beer. And then it bites them and infects them all and they all howl at the sun. How delightful.
1: Indeed. Imagine how angry a creature of
0: chaos would be at a demotion. Imagine how scared the paladin would be when he wakes up and finds all of his party are now red slot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a lot of fun, right? Uh, you know, in terms of like tactics and stuff, DMs. Play them. They're smart. Green Slod are smart. They shape change. They all do some weird stuff. Give them varied abilities. Now, let's talk about Gray Slod. Okay. How are they created, Matt? So, after 100 years,
1: a Green will retreat into isolation for a year and just transform into a Gray Slod. He's zinned out. Yeah. He just he become. he's like, hmm, it's time for me to become. A
0: boss, yeah, (laughs) and they do. They become even more boss, right? So they get more spells. They also don't drop in their melee monstrousness, right? They are even more badass in terms of the ability to kill you. And in fact, many of them considered the executioners of the slod or the slotty. Uh, A couple of abilities that we've read that are fun that they get invisibility at will. Sure, they get to fly. Mm Hmm. Plane shift.
1: You don't get away from a gray slot. Yeah. They can also call other slot. Yes. Which is delightful. And in other editions, all of the slot had summon slot abilities. Mm-hmm. Just like demons have summon demon abilities. Yeah.
0: So it's a lot of fun with that. Now let's talk about death slot, the other color of slot. <laughs> First off, all of them... In, in most of the books, they look like a skeletal frog with like a scythe and a death cloak, yeah. which is hilarious. But uh, how do you make a death slot, Matt? Through a special ritual,
1: gray slot, which means you had to survive 100 years as a green slot, become mm-hmm. a gray slot, and then a ritual has to be performed to turn you into a death slot. Yes. These are basically the, the Balor of slots
0: they're They're like a named demon level of slotty, and what fun is that and uh you came up with the interesting like what's the ritual? Well, it could be anything, sure, but you had a great one that I love, which was they had to sit still for ten minutes yes, yeah. a a slot, a being of pure chaos
1: has to sit still, just entirely still. Maybe think about what it's done <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So, those are the major types of slod in the books. But some books have alternative slod, different colors, Matt. Yes, indeed. We've got white, black, mud, and what? Gold slod. And the gourmet. And the gourmet, yes. So, white slod, they're light they're gray white. slod, they're white. Sure. And of course, becoming white, that means they have powers over time and space. Sure. Makes perfect sure. sense to me. Yep. Black slod
1: is actually somewhat the most logical of them.
0: They have the powers of the void. Yeah. And they tend to be nasty. Well, like, like maliciously nasty, right? Uh, mud slot are a variant. They're weaker than red. And they were described as cowardly slot with physically weak, which is kind of strange.
1: Yeah. How how are you a cowardly being of complete chaos?
0: Who knows? That's how it works. Now, you found gold slot. What are gold slot, Matt? Gold slot are what happens when a chaos storm
1: washes over one of the chromatic slot. One of the fun things about them is basically they just become bigger, more dangerous versions of one of the slot. That gray slot or whatever? Right. But if you do enough damage to them, they basically become a giant gold amoeba.
0: Oh, and then you have to kill them again. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. They're a two-stage fight. And finally, we have the Gourmeel. Yeah, so Gourmeel, in it in a realm of complete chaos, you know that at some point, you're going to have a slot that's lawful neutral. Sure. So the Gourmeel slot are lawful neutral. They're described as very reptilian and scary and lawful. I'm
1: going to say those are the ones that look like horny toads.
0: Horny toads? Yeah. Sure. Just shoot blood out of their eyes. Like- horny toads are very lawful as opposed to the rest of the uh, frog-like Absolutely. Yeah, I'll buy that. Because they're more reptilian. Sure. Now, we're going to mix it up a little bit from the chaos that we've introduced, and we're going to have what, Matt?
1: We're going to have the question of the week, sir. Okay.
0: I can't wait to hear what S.L.O.D. question you have for me this week. Well,
1: it's a tragedy, sir.
0: Uh, It's tragedy?
1: Yep. You've been implanted with a S.L.O.D. egg. (gasps) I'm going to die. What unique
0: type of S.L.O.D. pops out, and what is its primary ability? Okay. It- so, as it bursts forth from my chest, it's going to be a turquoise slot. Okay. And I would say that it has the ability to make illusion spells of objects. Okay. And when the, it attacks you with the illusion spells, they're illusions, keep that in mind, but if you believe them, then they're real. Sure. But it also has... The comic book effects when it hits you, so if he hits you with the illusionary mallet, it goes pow, kablam. Nice. He might even say pow and kablam as he strikes you. Right. It, like a really bad ventriloquist, though? Like yes. out of the side of his mouth? Yeah, at the side of his mouth. <laughs> or maybe he has a mouth on his hand that says that, which would be hilarious. Sure. And finally, the turquoise slot also carries its own music with it. Oh, Okay. So it's got its own soundtrack as it walks. So when it's walking down the street, the dong tick dong tick dong, have a little 70s funk, and then it gets into an action scene, and you hear, you know, a little dubstep going on or something. One hundred percent, I got you. It's Pr- got it's got theme music. Yes, scene by scene, movie theme music follows it wherever it goes. Nice, I like it. What about yours? What kind of color slot
1: would you have? So in the real world, there exists a glass frog, which so- is. Transparent skin, but you can see all the insides. So you have a clear slot? Yes. Okay. What are what are the clear slot's powers? It's going to be able to have perfect shape-changing,
0: mm. except whatever form it takes still has a glass slot head. It's <laughs> still got its big-ass head, which, by the way, would be freakish in general because you see through it. So you see just a skull and muscle yeah. slot. Can you imagine this Coming, coming around a
1: corner, and there's a giant. Let's go with emerald. There's a giant emerald dragon sitting there with just a big glass frog slot head on top of it.
0: <laughs> I've never seen it like before in my time. That's awesome. That's its only abilities to be able to shape change into
1: whatever. Yeah, but it, like perfect shape change. It can use the thing's abilities
0: and all of that stuff. Oh, that's even. I would find it hilarious that it's it turns into like a parakeet with this big ass frog head sure (laughs) oh that's that's ridiculous as always we're interested in hearing what ridiculous answer you have for the question of the week so if you'd like hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter and of course you could find us on all the social media channels indeed we want to know what what type of crazy slot are you yeah and uh, you know we're still on Mastodon as well just in case Twitter enfolds. yeah it's it's getting closer and closer daily. Every day. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the behavior of slots now, Matt, because playing them as a DM is important to note. Like, they're not just, you know, woohoo, I'm crazy. Like, you got, like, they have, you know, they have, like, tactics. They have a mentality behind them. Right. They have motivations and drives. Just because they're chaotic, neutral, doesn't mean they're chaotic, stupid. Right. Obviously, they are chaos lovers. Sure. And while the
1: red and blue ones are, fairly basic the green were capable of very
0: advanced thought and planning one thing to note is that most tend to give themselves away even when polymorphed so when you're playing the behavior of a slod, they could be perfectly like a human or humanoid creature Mm -hmm. or whatever they're being right because they can shape change right but something should give them away so maybe they might speak out of turn or start to covet some kind of unusual objects like moldy cheese, or maybe they just strike the player characters as just a bit off. They could be manic about one certain type of thing. Or they could just randomly say some crazy shit. Yeah. And they should. So DMs think about that when you're talking about a slot. Now here's the fun part. if You want to inject a little paranoia into your players. Wizards are crazy too. Sure. And they should be, because they're Mainlining magic all day long. Right. Or sorcerers or warlocks for that matter. Yeah. Particularly Path of the Old One. Mm-hmm. So when you approach your characters, is it a crazy wizard? Just a strange old harmless crazy wizard? Or is it a slot about to inject its eggs into you? Who knows? Who knows? Could be both. Yep. Could be none at all.
1: Slot are also capable of great acts of kindness and evil. Yes. They're individuals and they have their own motivations and their own methodologies
0: to arrive at those motivations. So when you're playing a slot, think about what those motivations are. Today, it
1: could be far more efficient for me to offer you an amazing award to bring me something Mm -hmm. rather than me go get it myself and spend that time. Tomorrow. It's going to rip your arm off. You might. Have
0: the component I need attached to your body. Sure. Whatever happens. They also seek to advance the agenda, if there is one, of chaos or limbo. Sure. And so that might just be random different acts, some of kindness, some of evil. But regardless, it's furthering chaos. And so that's always a fun thing to consider as well. You should always remember that they are
1: at least, at least slightly whimsical. Mm-hmm. DMS should play them, whether good or evil or driven, with a sense of humor.
0: Yeah, as they're flaying the skin from the PCs. Yeah,
1: that's what evil sense of humor. Sometimes you're gonna have to lean a little dark to get there. Yeah, go
0: a little Joker. Yeah, right. But they can also be comic relief as well sure. when we talk about like behaviors and stuff. Yeah, and one should- of
1: the, one of the things we mentioned when we were discussing it was like. A slot ripping somebody's ear off and yelling into the ear while they're yelling at the player. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But if you've got the right
0: players, they can see the comedy in that. Absolutely. One final note that I thought was interesting, which was they hate the blood war. Now you might think, wait a minute, didn't they just fight a war with law? Why would they hate the blood war? It's basically the same thing. And what I read was, which I thought was really cool, is it strips them of individuality. Which is why they hate the war. They're violent. Right. They enjoy being violent, Mm -hmm. but they don't like war because it's organized. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Don't call me private. (laughs) Yeah. So what makes these creatures interesting? A lot of things. First off, though, they're crazy chaos frog people. There you
1: go. I mean, in a nutshell, that's a great one. They are literally a wild
0: magic surge given physical form. Yes. And they can be amazingly deadly challenges, they can be great comic relief, they can be a boon to players if you do it right, or all three. Yeah. And they should be. Now, if we haven't given you enough, we've got a little bit more as well. We're going to improve the common slot. How do we improve a slot, Matt? I mean, they're already as varied as possible. What can we do? The first
1: thing we're going to do is give them some advanced tactics. They're going to have individual motivations, and therefore, the way they go about accomplishing things is going to change.
0: Yeah. Just because red and blue slot are monsters in terms on the battlefield, right, doesn't mean they can't think ahead. Yeah. Maybe they can set traps. Maybe they gang up on you, like group tactics. They are intelligent. Not particularly intelligent, but they are intelligent.
1: Can you imagine a red slot or a blue slot with monk levels?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Stunning strike. Guess and every who's time he stuns you, up. he
0: injects his eggs into your... Yeah, that'd be great. Also, they can have group tactics.
1: Mm-hmm. They can work together. There's no reason... As long as their goals kind of co-mingle and overlap. Now, red and blue slot hate each other. So, you, you take a bunch of red and blue slot, and you port them into a truly lawful paladin sanctuary. Mm-hmm.
0: Before they kill each other... They'll kill them. (laughs) That's a good point. One thing of note, they are living engines of chaos, and you can let them affect reality by several options. First off, they can just screw spells. Sure. Maybe they could just cause wild magic around them, so when the wizard starts casting, woo, roll for the wild surge. What? Why? Because you're within 30 feet of a slot. Yep. Uh, Maybe they mess with magic items. And should. How wonderful is that? Finally, you could also give them what, uh, what is it, like, uh, layer abilities? Yeah. So they just mess with reality in general. So maybe the longer they stay in a particular location, they literally start warping reality around them.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, you can just mix up their physical and magical abilities for that matter. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with morphing the stats and the CR of Slotty to your group's need.
0: Make their power level unexpected. Set it up. Yeah. You can roll the dice if you want, or if you want to go by story, I would recommend maybe make them as powerful as the story needs to be. And these are one of the few monsters I would definitely say is you can literally walk in with no idea, give them some general hit points, and just make shit up on the fly. And they would work. This actually, I don't know
1: why, but this made me think of a, a brand new monster that I love the idea
0: Tiny Slod Swarm. A swarm of Slod, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing that. That's definitely going in the book. <laughs> so, come up with some unexpected stuff, right? Make their power set unexpected. You want a Slod based off the Power Rangers? Go for it.
1: Including the ability to merge together to make a giant mega Slod. And
0: I'll form the head. Yep. Yeah. You want to give out free hugs and tear your ear off to, and give them immunity to slashing damage? Go for it. You imagine that. Slod walks up, rips off your ear. The party immediately starts to get into battle, but now the paladin realizes that even though he's missing an ear, he's now immune to slashing damage.
1: Which is fantastic against fighting a red slot.
0: Yeah. Because that means they can't be uh, impregnated. There you go. Right? Could happen. So essentially, DMs use slots as banes and boons according to story. And that would be fun. They they can almost be like a location-based adventure. Yeah. If you play them right. Matt, what else can we do? Once again,
1: make them individuals. There is literally a slot in one of the splat books that wanders around and tells people, any people, the secrets of the universe. I love that. If you want to cause chaos, just start telling random people, the secrets of the universe. See if they believe you or not. If they do believe you, then, you know, it would basically be like giving a first level peasant just a time
0: stop spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Make them bold. Make them amusing. Yeah. I mean, give him whatever powers you want. It's totally fine. And speaking of powers, we have also one final note. There should be more colors. There should be way more colors. Absolutely. And because we are the people that we are, we've given you two extra colors tonight. We have the Pink Slod and the Paisley Slod. All right. Tell me about the Pink Slod, man. Pink Slod. They're fuzzy, plush, and about seven feet tall. So they are fuzzy, pink, plush, like squishy plush. Sure. Okay. The crystal in their head moves down to their belly, which glows prominently and sometimes expresses different emotions like smiles or frowns or maybe a cloud with a rainbow Like a Care Bear crossed with a uh, (laughs) troll. Yes. One of the troll dolls. Absolutely. Pink Slot or what happens when you feed a red Slot grape jelly in a wild magic surge? That makes sense. Sure. I think so. (laughs) Now, in terms of ability, Pink Slot have the unique ability to manifest objects from thin air, all pink and plush, but usable objects nonetheless. So
1: it creates objects that are pink and plush but usable for their original function? Yes. So like a giant pink plush greatsword. Like it literally just makes a plushy greatsword and then literally lops somebody in half?
0: Yes, you can lop somebody's head off, but it's still squishy. I love it. So I love it. Yeah, and if your mind is bending a little bit about trying to figure out how that works, don't worry about it. It's not. There's so much comedy there. I love everything it's about great. it. great. <laughs> so think like, I, I'm thinking like big pink plush razor blades that cut people up. Sure. But they're so squishy. Plush rocks?
1: Oh my God. Can you imagine giving a bunch of plushy rocks to an ogre?
0: Yes. And he's flattening people with them, but you can but still go- sleeps on them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, their powers are negated by the color mint. Sure. Just because. Yeah. Now you have one, the Paisley slod, which Indeed. I love. Tell me a little bit about the Paisley slot, Matt.
1: Paisley slod are thus far the only small slod. They use primarily AOE illusions like hypnotic pattern, color spray, and hallucinatory terrain. hmm Although they do, when pressed, throw Paisley fireballs
0: and have a hypnotic gaze attack. That's where Hamblish the Paisley Mage learned his Paisley fireball. Yes. I love it. If you don't know what we're talking about? Go check out Enlightened Evocation. Paisley slods develop in a cocoon of blinding light.
1: After a blue slod, has been affected by a thousand illusion spells.
0: That is amazing.
1: Just on the thousandth time, they drop into a cocoon of a blinding sign light. sign
0: pops up and some confetti, you're a winner. Yep. You're the, <laughs> you're the one thousandth customer, huh? It turns into a cocoon, and then all of a sudden emerges this paisley-looking slot. Yep. That's great. I love that.
1: And then the world around you changes as it casts hallucinatory Terrain.
0: Yes. <laughs> how How wonderful. Finally, for tonight, we have some story options for you to use in your campaign setting. And again, this is never an exhaustive list, but we would be here all night if we come up with weird slot creations. And so tonight we've got, I don't know, 10, 12 of these. Sure. First off, the party has entered the chaos of limbo and seek a guide. A helpful red slot approaches. Dare they take the chance? I
1: think the only way that you can take the chances if you're willing to flip a coin on whether or not you should take the chance.
0: I agree to that as well.
1: A slot volunteers to help the party defeat a BBEG mm-hmm. but kidnaps the BBEG to throw them at the Chaos Stone just to see what'll happen.
0: Does a new BBEG erupt from the Chaos Stone? Or a new flavor of slot? Could be. A new flavor of gum. BBEG slot. Hey, gum. It could yeah. be anything really. That's awesome. A green slot offers to provide the party with unlimited salad in exchange for a minor magical object. Do they take the unlimited salad? He didn't even say soup and salad. It's not worth it. Uh, yeah, there's no <laughs> breadsticks involved, so you never know what's involved with that.
1: An iron flask found by the party contains a rare gray slot named Carl. They offer a bounty in exchange for their release. There
0: you go. Yeah, messing with stuff, right? Party is hired by a mysterious gold-skinned person that requisitions the party to retrieve some huge and unusual enchanted armor. Ooh, this is actually a gold slot, and the armor prevents them from dissolving, and they will reward the players with a boon. What a boon means to a gold slot is anybody's guess.
1: Hey, you know, I'm just saying, they get one. The next one also touches on a frog heemoth. Fantastic. What you got with that?
0: Okay, so... A froghemoth, worshipped by a group of bullywugs, suddenly explodes in a cloud of viscera. Yeah, spork. From the remains, a purple slod is formed, exactly the same size and shape as the froghemoth, but with
1: dark intentions. I mean, it still makes sense. Like, a froghemoth is basically slod-shaped. Yeah, but a purple one
0: pops up now. Sure. How great is that?
1: I think that's just a great way to create a new type of slod. Yes. Characters must prevent a festive blue slod from welding metallic party hats onto the town's citizens. That's how they
0: get you. Every time. It's like the dog welder. The party hears strange happenings in the woods. Upon exploration, they find a small shard of the spawning stone with tiny slotty dancing around it. Is this the end of the world as they know it? And why do they feel fine? Nice. (laughs) A green slot
1: is obsessed with developing a new form of magic. And to that end, they supply the players with a small ring gate to send unusual rocks through for seemingly random rewards. That's awesome. And my thing is, yeah, you have a random chart, right? To determine what loot the players get for it. Because what's important to the slot isn't necessarily important to the players. If you send a 5,000 gold piece diamond through, Slod may not care. That may not be what it's looking for.
0: Maybe he wants some tapioca pudding. Or, you know, a river rock. Yeah. That you literally just picked up. Could be anything. Yep. And finally, a red slot has been implanting strange offspring within victims. Instead of the normal blue slot, a green slot in a tuxedo erupts from victim's chest and screams, the WB! (laughs) I love everything about this. Sure. (laughs) You can't tell that you're a fan of slod, sir. Sure. So there you have it. Several different options regarding Slod, a little bit of lore, ways to create and upgrade your slot E, and of course, story options for you to use in your campaign. We hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. <laughs> and I could do another entire podcast just on Slod. Um, we could do a, a podcast just on more colors for our own amusement. Absolutely. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter. Did you enjoy this program? We hope so. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. Click the five stars and give us a review on iTunes and
1: Podchaser. And on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell. It boosts our show and
0: feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently bursting forth from your chest as a pinstripe slot and asking you about your car warranty. Nice. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this is, in fact, a subterranean production. Your voice is so low. (laughs)